Hello? What's up? I feel like I'm going to sound a lot better because I don't have a crappy um, microphone off my phone. I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, mine's not bad, and I'm just using my phone. Yeah, but mine was, I think it's because I, I kept holding it at different angles and stuff, but mine kept cutting like way in and out. That's odd. Maybe that was it. Do you want to listen to this that we just recorded and make sure that's not happening? Because mine was pretty consistently like going in and out. No, yours is good. We've been talking fully and you haven't cut out once. And like you noticed yesterday when I was cutting out? Yes. Oh, great. All right. So you're going to edit all this out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you listen to the first episode now that I edited it? Three I times. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? I enjoyed it. Dude, I busted my ass to make sure that the deletings weren't going to be like obvious deletings. I mean, uh, so do you want to go into an intro or? I mean, we can. You start, you start, uh, your, your shows first. Yeah, but shouldn't we like go into like an intro of like, welcome to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. All right. Well, three, two, one. Hello, everyone. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to week two. Fun part <laughs> about this is we it? just spent about an, an, a minute and a half that we're going to delete. Uh, <laughs> going back and forth on who was going to start the intro. That's why Blake's laughing in the beginning. We, we should have. I should. Every single thing that I delete and edit out of, I should keep as like. A blooper reel? Like a blooper. Yeah, like a blooper reel. No, you <laughs> most definitely. You like most definitely should. Like we're B plus celebrities. <laughs> no, you most definitely should. Uh, I'm hoping that my audio is better in this episode. We will see. Um, this is actually a re-recording because if you listen to episode one, my recording is not the greatest. Um, and, but it's doable, especially for a first episode. But episode two is so bad to where we have to do this again. <laughs> I wonder... I wonder if it's because I have an iPhone and you have a Samsung. Nothing to do with that. It's the fact that my uh, my I never use the microphone on my phone, and if you look in the bottom of my screen, it's a little shattered. I think something's oh, wrong. The microphone. You know that's what, really phone. You know what else I think it could be because I just thought of it. I'm technically the host. I mean, so could be. So it's using like the Wi-Fi and the connection that I have. Versus you being the guest and you having to use your own phone and your own headphone and your own headpiece and stuff like that. I, know. I also was not connected to Wi-Fi, so I'm also connecting to Wi-Fi this time to see if that makes it better. Probably. Okay. So uh, we what we're going to do here is uh, I would not listen to this episode if you did not listen to episode one. Uh, because there's going to be some spoilers and honestly, guys... Like you don't want to hear those. What's what's funny is when we did episode two, we were like so worked up from episode one to where we were in the groove, and I had to get back in the groove. <laughs> like one hundred percent. So, um, how we're gonna go is we're gonna stagger episodes. Uh, Gino is still not with us. Uh, he should be putting in his episodes. We should just have him do one and two back to back. Um, so the next episode that's available should be Geno's, and we're going to label it as such. Then after that, um, whenever we go, let's just say I start, it'll be me, Blake, Gino. Then the next episode, it'll go, like, I will go to the back the same way I said, you know, I uh, talked about the draft order and paper. Yeah. And then pay-per-views will, I don't think it matters. I think we'll just go voluntarily on who feels like going first. Um, yeah, that's fine. But this is episode two. Um, I will take a countdown whenever you're ready. Okay. Give me five, four, three, two, one, and it's sexy time. All right. Everybody, welcome to Mayhem. This is Hyper Pro Wrestling. This is week two here. Um, I don't think I mentioned at all last week that Mayhem is the name of my weekly episodic show. So just so you know, Hyper Pro Wrestling's uh, weekly program is Mayhem. 
And we're three weeks away from our first pay-per-view, Highway to Hell. Last week was a historic episode, and if you remember that episode, we have four big tournament matches this week. We also are going to the dentist's office to see Britt Baker on the state of the Women's Championship, and we have a big tag team match set up. We're going to start tonight with a round one match. Um, and this is going to be Kevin Owens who walks out. Uh, when Kevin Owens walks out, um, he's not looking like the usual Kevin Owens. You know, when Kevin Owens walks out, he knocks his head back and forth, cracks his neck, and he's ready to fight. Kevin Owens, if you want to put it this way, Kevin Owens looks pretty uninspired here tonight. He's in the ring. Maybe he's just here for a paycheck. I, I don't know what's going on with him. And then his opponent comes out, and that opponent is going to be the Murder Hawk monster, Lance Archer. All right, Lance Archer, he's, he's the opposite. This man, is he has a bottle of water. He's doing some Triple H 2002-esque things, just pouring it all over his body. He's yelling into the crowd. He's getting that heat ski. He's doing what he's got to do. All right, ding, ding, ding. Both men. All right, and, and then once the bell rings, uh, Lance Archer walks up to Kevin Owens and asks him what's wrong. He pushes him. Owens starts getting a little worked up, pushes him back. Archer says, now we're talking. Archer pushes him pretty hard into the, you know, into the ropes. And Kevin Owens just looks at him and says, what do you want from me? Then he spits in his face. Ooh, Archer gets pretty mad. And Archer, Archer starts going ape shit. And then he puts Steen into the corner. Then he runs into the other turnbuckle in the other corner. And then he runs and tries to give him the big boot. But Kevin Owens moves. And then Kevin Owens just starts unloading on him. And Lance Archer's, uh, he's stuck there. He's got those big legs there. And he finally gets free. And Steen rolls out of the ring. Archer chases him down and throws him into the barricade. He looks into the camera and says, everybody dies. And we're going to cut to a commercial break. All right, segment two. We are back, and Archer seems to have the upper hand here. He goes to give Kevin Owens a power slam, and he gets out and gives Archer a stunner. But he no-sells it and gets right back up. So, Steen, not Steen. <laughs> Kevin you Owens goes. You, you've done that four times. Kevin Owens goes up for it again, and uh, Lance Archer just lifts Kevin Owens off the ground, and he throws him down. Archer's getting pumped up, and he yells into the crowd, but when he turns around, he hits a kick to the gut by Steen, uh, who throws him out of the ring, and Steen starts unloading some punches outside of the ring, uh, and they just keep going, and they're brawling outside of the ring. They're not paying any attention to the ref's count. At this point, the ref's count is up to about four. Uh, Kevin Owens gets a little too fired up for his own good, and Lance catches him off of guard with a big uppercut. And then uh, Archer picks him up by the neck, and then he's just choking the living hell out of him, and the count's up to about eight. And Archer just gives him a choke slam through the announce table. Counts up to nine. Archer rolls in the ring. Ten. Lance Archer is your winner here by count out. Um, You know, big win by Lance Archer, but you have to wonder, what's going on with Kevin Owens? All right, and then we cut backstage, uh, and we see Commissioner Sting is in his office, and he's being approached by Bobby Lashley. Uh, Bobby Lashley, if you were here last week, he kind of uh, got ribbed by Edge and Christian, and he's asking where they are. And Sting says, I have no idea, Bobby, but, uh, but, but Edge has a match later, and I expect you to stay out of it. Bobby just smirks, and he walks away. We're going to cut to commercial break. All right. I'm reading this off of a laptop. And this is so much easier than going back and forth on my phone. <laughs> you have your six minutes in just about. Oh, that's fine. I'm great. All right. Segment three. Uh, this is the tag team match that was announced last week. The Young Bucks music hits. Uh, and then they walk out. You know, they're doing their their flexes. The streamers are in the air. The fake money's in the air. And then they're going to face the Good Brothers, and the Motor City Machine Guns are going to be at the announce table uh, with our announcers, good old Scott Bartz, and then uh, Poetic Justice or Ryan McMullen. And they're going <laughs> to really be, uh, <laughs> they're really going to be paying attention to this match because they have a triple threat ladder match at Highway to Hell. Uh, and then the Good Brothers come out. You know they're doing their two sweet skis. They're walking to the ring. They're all confident. All right, uh, the bell rings, and it's Matt Jackson who starts out against Carl Anderson. Uh, they shake hands before the match, and they start having a clinic here in the middle of the, of the ring. They're reversing every move each other attempts. You know, they've, they've done tours in Japan together. They were Bullet Club members at the same time. These men know their movesets, you know, front and back. 
The crowd's clapping. They're loving this. And then they both tag out. So now we have Nick Jackson going up against the big man, Doc Gallows. Uh, it's kind of a mismatch here. Uh, you know, got the big man versus the athletic man. Uh, Nick tries to get the big man down, but Gallows' power is just a bit too much. Gallows gives a big boot to Jackson and goes for the pin, but Matt Jackson rolls in and gets the save at the count of two. Carl Anderson comes in, and they all start brawling. They're brawling. The referee's going to restore some order here, guys. We're going to commercial break. Segment four. The legal men, when we get back from commercial break, are Nick Jackson and Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson's going for a cutter, but Jackson counters and gives him a super kick. Gallows comes in to tackle Nick Jackson, and Jackson ducks another super kick, but Gallows is not down. Matt Jackson comes in, and they do a double super kick to kick Gallows out of the ring. Matt picks up Anderson. Nick does the other half of the work. You know, he gets him in that little tombstone position. Meltzer driver on the mat. Boom. One, two, three. The Young Bucks win. After they win, they go to help the good brothers up. But the brothers are, you know, they're pretty pissed about this loss. They view themselves as the big brothers. It's like losing to their little brothers. It's like, you know, whenever Michigan loses to Michigan State in football. And, uh, you know, last 11, baby. it's whatever, baby. And then they push them away. You know, after the Bucks give them some space, you know, the good brothers are like, you know, it was one match. This match is not the one that matters. And they go up for the two sweet. The crowd's clapping. But you have – but then all four – Bullet Club alumni members turn and look at the Motor City Machine Guns who are on commentary. What's it going to be like when we get to Highway to Hell? Are them four going to team up to take them out of the equation? Or will this family implode in the middle of the ring? And will that give the Motor City Machine Guns an advantage? Uh, we're going to see. All right, we're going to cut to commercial break here. All right, we get back in segment five. Uh, Sting is in the back. He's preparing to go to the dentist office to meet Britt Baker for the State of the Union. Uh, he has a title with him, and it looks like we are actually going to see what that title looks like tonight. And uh, you have to wonder who's going to be there to, uh, you know, you would assume that this is what's going to set up our match at Highway to Hell for the Women's Championship. All right, we're cutting out to the arena. We have a tournament match for that uh, pro Hyper Pro Wrestling World Championship. Uh, and it's Matt Riddle walking out, and he's straw, and he gets in the ring. The crowd's loving it. He probably just smoked a joint. He kicks those <laughs> flip flops off. <laughs> he kicks those flip flops off, and he does his pose. And who is his opponent gonna be? One and only. Oh my God! It's Ricochet. Ricochet, who uh, if you watch any sort of wrestling, you know, he has not had the greatest of luck in other promotions recently. And he's hoping to have, you know, a better run here in Hyper Pro Wrestling. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, this match is pretty back and forth. They both have pretty fun styles. Um, they're both having some fun in the ring, but you can tell uh, that they both are eager to win this match um, back and forth. Uh, Riddle rolls out of the ring, goes to greet the crowd. Um, and then the crowd yelling. And as he turns around, you see Ricochet doing a backflip, a moonsault, if you want to call it that, off the top rope onto Riddle. Both men are fighting to get up. We get to the count of eight. They both slide in the ring. The crowd's clapping. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we're back in segment six. All right, we're back here, and both men are leaving this all in the ring. This is back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Ricochet gets Riddle in the middle of the ring, and he starts doing a little bit of chain wrestling, kind of uh, trying to go toe-to-toe with Matt Riddle. Uh, he gets him down, and he picks him back up. He gets him in a DDT. Riddle looks to be down for the count, but Ricochet, we all know what he does. He goes to the top rope. He's going for a shooting star press, and Matt Riddle moves. Riddle gets him in the bro mission out of that, um, out of him moving out of the way, and Ricochet has no choice to tap out. Matt Riddle moves on. Ricochet rolls out of the ring, and he is not looking happy. Uh, not happy at all. And he is just, you know, the crowd has their hands out, and he's not even giving them any love. But Ricochet, I mean, not Ricochet, Matt Riddle is embracing the crowd. Um, it's looking like Ricochet is going to, you know, maybe be a different guy from now on. Uh, we're going to see how that's going to play out in the next few weeks. All right. Backstage, we have uh, our Hyper Pro Wrestling backstage correspondent, Kelsey Snyder. And uh, she is interviewing the Young Bucks. Uh, and, you know, they just had their big win tonight. They said that they proved that they are the best and they beat their good friends. They're good brothers. It was a great match overall. And they're really looking forward to Highway to Hell. Uh, speaking of their good friends and good brothers, uh, their good friend Adam Cole walks by. 
Adam Cole says, Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. How fitting will it be when me and my best friends, the Young Bucks, are all three champions at Highway to Hell? And then he laughs. Matt Jackson says, uh, hold up, Adam. You know, we love you and all. We're always going to be friends. You know, you're always invited to the family barbecue at Papa Buck's house. Um, but we're not going the same route as you, man. You know, you're not winning, honestly. You're not winning with integrity. And, you know, that's something that we're going to do. Uh, you know, if you win at Highway to Hell, you know, we're happy for you. But if it happens, it happens. Uh, and we're going to do things our way. We wish you nothing but the best. Adam says, ah, don't worry, Bucks. I'll always have your back, and I know you'll have mine. Nick Jackson goes, don't count on it, Adam. And then he nods to the side, and he and his brother walk away. And Adam Cole's pretty visibly pissed. Uh, perhaps he was trying to form an alliance, but that's that's not what's going on here, guys. Are we uh, getting a face, Young Bucks? Perhaps. Perhaps everything I told you before this happened was a lie. Uh, and we just see the hard cam on Adam Cole, who was pissed off. Uh, and we're going to cut to commercial break. How much time do I got? You are 12 and a half minutes in. Oh, we're good. Uh, we're at segment Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. segment seven. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, this is the most fearful segment. And uh, we are back, and it's another tournament match. This time, uh, Luchasaurus is here. And uh, he has a match against his opponent, which is Edge. All right. You think you know me. Edge comes out, and he's accompanied by his best friend and brother, uh, legendary Christian. You know, they've done many things together. Uh, the bell rings. Edge and, you know, Luchasaurus is there. Oh, Luchasaurus, he's a big baby face. Uh, but, you know, he, he means business. Edge and Christian are being goofballs. They're doing little T-Rex taunts with little short arms. They're just being a little bit silly. Luchasaurus gets irritated, and he kicks Edge in the face. Edge goes down cold. Lucha goes for the pin, but before he can get down, Christian pulls his friend out of the ring to save him from a quick defeat. Luchasaurus gets cheered from the crowd. Edge pulls his hair back like he does me as the ultimate opportunist, and he rolls in the ring, and, you know, they start giving the fans what they want. Uh, we're going to fast forward about five minutes here. Edge eventually gains control of the match, and he's got Luchasaurus down, and he's ready for the spear when suddenly... Bobby Lashley's music hits, uh, but they don't see Lashley come out. So Edge sends Christian from the back to investigate the issue. Um, but when Edge turns around, he's kicked in the face again by Luchasaurus. Uh, and then Luchasaurus picks him up for a choke slam. You know, one, two, kick out Luchasaurus. And then suddenly Bobby Lashley appears and he spears Luchasaurus. Starts beating him down. Edge gets up and Edge shrugs like, what the hell's going on? Here is your winner by disqualification, Luchasaurus. Oh, my God. If you saw last week, Edge screwed Bobby Lashley. It looks like Bobby Lashley returned the favor here. Edge goes to hit Lashley, but Lashley gets him in a full Nelson, and Edge passes out cold. Um, where's Christian? He was looking for Lashley, but we go backstage, and we see that Christian is laid out, but Lashley came from the back. So if Lashley wasn't in Gorilla, who beat down Christian? Um, we're going to make sure these men are okay. The medics are attending to both of them, uh, and we're going to cut to commercial break. All right, segment eight, uh, Hyper Pro Wrestling backstage correspondent Kelsey Snyder catches up with a fired-up Bobby Lashley. She says, Bobby, why did you do it? Bobby says, why did I do it? Why did we do it? <laughs> you see, it doesn't take a genius to see that I had someone help me. Someone who's been pissed off like me, who wants an opportunity like me, who's sick of being the joke of everyone else's booking. I don't care. I'm done with this. Edge, Christian, you guys are done for. And you better watch out because I can guarantee that you will not make it to the pay-per-view. Consider this a challenge. Me and my secret associate of my Hurt Business versus you, Edge, and you, Christian, in a tag team match. And we're going to show you guys exactly what the new Hurt Business is all about. Wow, great promo from Bobby Lashley, who typically is not, that's not his strong suit. 
Um, but he just cut a hell of a promo. I wonder who wrote that for him in the back. Um, and you have to wonder who is his partner in the hurt business. And then we cut to the and then we cut to a distant uh, video. This is not in the arena, guys. Um, and we see Sting walk up to the dentist office with that women's championship. And we are going to see the dentist office when we come back from this commercial break. All right. Segment nine. We see a couple of chairs in a waiting room and Sting walks in. This is shot very cinematically. Um, Sting walks in with the covered up belt. Uh, he walks up. Uh, there is no one at the front desk for him to sign in. So he just kind of shrugs and sits down. Uh, and then Sting looks over to his left and he sees Tony Storm, turns to his right and he sees Shotzi Blackheart. They had a hell of a match next uh, last week. Uh, you know, they're not even talking. Sting tries to make small talk. And then all of a sudden, Britt pops her head out of the door and says, the doctor will see you now. Tony says, which one of us? Britt says, all of you, especially you, Stinger. Then we cut to a big conference room where Britt is the head of the table. Um, Sting's next to her. And then you got Tony and Shotzi who are sitting across from each other at the table. Um, and then Sting puts the title at the center of the table and all three women, their eyes just glow. And Britt says, that is such a beautiful title. That will look so good around my waist. Tony Storm says, uh, 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 sweetheart, you haven't even had a match here. I am the only woman in this company that has won a match. I'm the rightful champion. Shotzi Blackheart says, well, let's go again, Tony. I will beat you this time. I'll beat you, Britt. I'll beat any of you anytime, anywhere. Sting just has this big smile across his face. And he says, you know what? I love this. We have to make this official right now for the people. This is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm getting a paycheck for. So, at Highway to Hell, it'll be Dr. Britt Baker, and then he does it just for her, DMD, versus the Daredevil, Shotzi Blackheart, versus the rock star, Tony Storm, and a fatal four-way match. All the women go to get up, and then they kind of sit down. Britt goes, um, Sting... Um, I know you're old, um, but last time I checked, there's only one, two, three of us. And then we hear someone walk in the door and go, sorry, I'm late. Uh, traffic here in Orlando is such a real bitch this time of night. And in walks Sasha Banks. The boss is here. All the women stare at her. Britt Baker looks like she saw a ghost. And there's a contract that Sting pulls out. All four women sign it. Britt says... I will be the first champion, but until us four meet at the pay-per-view, I'd appreciate it if y'all got the hell out of my office. All They all shrug and singles, whatever, whatever. Then they all get out of the office. They all get out of the conference room. They're all about to walk out of the front door, and then Sting goes, wait a minute. Sting forgot the women's championship. He goes to walk back into the conference room, but the door is locked. And then, and then we hear, honk, honk. And then in the front of the building, Britt Baker is driving a convertible, and she has the Women's Championship, and she holds it up. And she just goes, D-M-D, and she drives away. And Sting hurries everyone to get in the limo so they can pretty much chase her down. Wow, we have to wonder, um, is Britt Baker, is she just pretty much grabbing what is hers before that's even going to happen? Or do we think that one of these other three women are going to win the match? Sasha Banks hasn't even had a match. Britt hasn't either. Shotzi's lost, and Tony Storm has won. Um, I guess we're going to see at Highway to Hell, guys. So we're going to cut to commercial break here. All right, we are back. In you got segment... 10 minutes. Oh, my God, yes. We are back in segment <laughs> 10 of the Ty Dillinger segment here. Um, oh. and, we're, and we're here for the main event. This is another tournament match here, guys. Um. Damian Priest comes out first, does his whole Archer thing. The crowd loves it. His opponent is Orange Cassidy. Um, they go to shake hands in the beginning of the match. Orange Cassidy very slowly, very surely gets his hand out to shake Priest. He doesn't really even shake it. It's like a very lazy handshake. Priest, whatever, has that firm handshake. It shakes it, gives him this weird look, backs up, goes, whatever, man. And the two men go at it. 
priest at first is amused by this offense by orange cassidy um, but he quickly gets annoyed uh of orange having his hands in his pockets of doing what orange cassidy does um and so priest eventually has enough of this because at this point whatever priest does orange cassidy's dodging it and then just looking at him with this blank stare on his face and so priest actually takes orange cassidy's hands out of his pockets the crowd goes boo Ooh, it looks like Damien Priest has gotten a little heat here from the crowd. Then he goes to grab the sunglasses off of him, and Cassidy steps back. Priest goes to grab them again. Cassidy ducks. Priest has had enough of this crap. And then he goes to punch Cassidy, but Orange Cassidy dodges it, runs off the rope. Orange punch. Priest isn't down, so he does it again. Priest falls down. He goes for the pin. One, two, kick out. Damien Priest pushes him off, and go, and he's He's Damien Priest is not going to go down this quickly, guys. He's feeling embarrassed, though, as he is not getting the upper hand like he thought. We're going to cut to commercial break. All right, we're back here. Segment 11, the final segment of the show here. Once we get back, Priest is in absolute control. He is no longer embarrassed of what's going on, and he's had enough of Orange Cassidy. Whenever Orange Cassidy seems to counter, Priest always answers back with something more punishing than what he had done before. Uh, Cassidy eats a big boot off of the rope, and then and then Priest goes out, throws him in the barricade, stomps him a little bit, rolls him back in the ring. Priest goes for the pin. One, two, kick out. Cassidy's still alive here. Priest goes to pick up Cassidy, but out of desperation, we get a slum dog millionaire. The, the crowd is loving this match, but Cassidy cannot get the energy to pin him. Cassidy is slowly gaining momentum. Both men are getting up at the same exact time, but suddenly... The lights go out. About five seconds later, we see the referee is laid out and two masked men are there. Uh, and Cassidy and Priest are both confused on who these masked men are. Um, but then they work together to try to take them out. But the masked men beat them viciously and leave them for dead in the ring. They shake the ref. The ref has to do the count. And he gets to eight nine both men try to get up but they fall back down 10 what this is this is bullshit both men couldn't even make it to their feet so we have a no contest here uh, how much time do i have six minutes great so this match is a no contest and the winner of this match had to face adam cole in the next round uh adam cole runs out he's in street clothes Boys, 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 listen, I had nothing to do with this, and I promise I will find out who did this to you. I promise. Priest and Cassidy are not buying it, and they point to Cole. They're saying all sorts of things, and calling him all sorts of names. Adam Cole says, boys, I'm dressed. It couldn't have possibly been me. You know, don't worry. I'll figure this out. He goes, but, you know, I'm actually going to dedicate my next, you know, my, my next match is a bye. I'm going to dedicate my pay-per-view match to both of you since, you know, I was looking forward to facing one of you, but uh seems that none of you can win. <laughs> but suddenly, on the Titantron, via satellite, we get Sting, who was in the limo. Sting says, Adam, I've already had a deal with your girlfriend today. Now I have to deal with you, you know. Although there is no way that you were a masked man, I believe that. What I don't believe is that you had absolutely nothing to do with this. Therefore, next week, instead of you facing who would have won this match, you will now be in a triple threat. And it will be Adam Cole versus Damian Priest versus Orange Cassidy. And the winner will go on to compete in the semifinals at Highway to Hell. And then his feed cuts out. Adam Cole is pissed, but Damian Priest and Orange Cassidy are pumped. So it's looking like next week we have our main event, guys. Cole, Priest, Cassidy, the winner, will go on to Highway to Hell. Thank you guys for a great episode. This took place from Orlando, but next week, guys, we are going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so much. Good night. End of show. You had four minutes, you psycho.
Thank you. I, I take that as a compliment. You revamped it, which was nice. I did the exact same thing. Oh, yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I did I add a... Well, because last time I had to have my phone side by side, so I, I had to pretty much skim it and go off. This is me reading word for word. Right. It's a lot better. I still love the Britt Baker's office segments. Oh, oh. Just, just, get, just, you know, just get used to it, my man. I love it. The doctor will see you now. The doctor will see you now. Triple test going to be hot. Oh, it's going to be excellent. I am going to see if I can get a timer on my on here for you, so I can just directly look at it and not have to look at my phone. You're so gracious. Um. Well, whenever you're ready, I need I'm to add. Ready. I need to say that uh, I lied in week one, so my fatal four ways are actually going to two are going to take place. This week, one's going to be in week three, and then week four, I have a special uh, pick your poison matches for the three final contestants. So, I do have a quick question. I've listened to episode one. Uh, right. When we were explaining the rules and we were talking about free agents and people we pick up, um, we can use them immediately. Is that correct? Yeah, just not the trades. But the trades have to wait. So my question is, for trades, can we debut them at the next pay-per-view? Or does it have to be the next episode of TV after the next pay-per-view? I'm fine with that because that's technically a month. So we, we, so we can use the pay-per-view? So like, let's say, for example, yeah, I trade... Oh, yeah, that, that means, bigger, yeah, that means bigger, bigger surprises. Bigger, yeah, no, no, yeah, bigger debut. I was yeah. going to say, because the, the, the pay-per-view, I'd rather be, be able to debut someone with a big moment at the pay-per-view. Oh, no, I agree completely. Excellent. That was my question. Um, so it, assuming that we go, like, let's say eight months, going into, uh, like, let's say after pay-per-view seven, would we abolish that rule? Because then a technicality, why would you trade for someone that you, that you can only use on the last pay-per-view? Like, when, when, and you can't yeah, use them building up the TV. That would, that would essentially just make it disappear. Okay. I think I'm we all... should have, like, we should have, like, a trade deadline, so like month five or six is like a trade deadline. I would say month six is fine. And then we can still drop, but we cannot trade. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so I think we should go eight months, which would take us to I think it was March. Okay. And then uh it was like March or April or something. I think that I think that'd be fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, cool. So, all right, well, uh, let me get this uh, countdown going. I can't wait to be embarrassed. I mean, she should have heard me. I was, I got pretty into that for a second. He had four minutes to spare out of a half an hour. Jesus. I don't fucking know. He's a psycho. To tell her to fear me. He says fear me. Why? <laughs> she goes, why? Oh, I don't think she wants that number. No, I don't... <laughs> I don't think she wants to take her rightful place. <laughs> she doesn't have great control over her contract. Damn it. Now I have to show her those shitty segments so she understands <laughs> how to be weird. All right. Are you ready? She, she looks at me. She goes, I don't know what's happening. Oh, finally, well, her and my girlfriend can bond over something, which is being confused half the time. All about wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds about right. All right. Are you ready? You're just confused in general. Perfect. All right. Well, get ready to be even more confused. All right, three, two, one, you're on the air. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everyone to a live episode of PCW's weekly episodic program, Adrenaline. We are coming to you live at a sold-out Sears Center in Chicago, Illinois. (laughs) Rollins' music hits. Rollins' music hits. He's furious, and he storms to the ring. He grabs the mic, and he just yells at it. Pac, Death Triangle, get your asses out here now. This is not over with. I don't care about the Fatal 4-Way. I want the bastard now. Channel Max music hits. Here comes the money. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. I'm, I'm just picturing her face, and honestly, it's worth a million dollars. It's worth the money. Petrified. She hits on the mic. He goes, now Seth. 
I can't have you going around destroying one of our fatal four ways for your own personal gain. But what I can tell you is this. You will get your shot at Pac. When that may be, I don't know. But you will. You can bank on that. As for now, I need you to get out of the ring so we can start the show. Rollins looks at Shane. He panels to the crowd, looks back and forth at the audience. The crowd's chanting, Rollins, Rollins, Rollins. Rollins says, fine, I'll go. But don't tell me I didn't warn you. End of seg one. We're going to seg two, and we have a first-round tournaments match. For the women's title up next, we have Bianca Belair already in the ring, awaiting her opponent. Alexa Bliss's music hits, but there's no Alexa. Bianca's get confused. She's looking over at the ref. They're having a conversation back and forth. They're grabbing each other. They're not sure what is going on. As the camera pans to the back, we see Alexa Bliss is hung up on a fence in an upside-down cross formation, and she's covered in this black paint tar substance. We have absolutely no idea what's going on back here. We need to get her some help. Get her off that fence as we cut to commercial break. Time. Um, you have, well, you have three and a half minutes elapsed so far. You're oh. you're fine. Yeah, I'm golden. We get half hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cutting that out too. <clears throat> we go into stack three. We see Tommaso Ciampa silently holding a Johnny Wrestling t-shirt tightly in his grasp as he awaits for his debut singles match against Johnny Silver of the Dark Order tonight. Real work rate. The question on everyone's mind tonight is what kind of Ciampa are we going to have tonight? Who will we be seeing from him? Seg four. Johnny Silver makes his way to the ring with Vance 10 right beside him. They have their hands up in the air. (laughs) Open with their fingers curled in as they welcome the new era of the Dark Order here in PCW. As they enter the ring, silence falls over the crowd. Silence falls over the arena. It is all silence all around as we have the psycho killer Tommaso Ciampa making his way. Very heel move of him. No music so we can hear the booze ringing from the crowd. As he continues to walk down the ramp, with that Johnny Gargano shirt and his tightly squeezed in his right hand. We just have no idea what his obsession is with Gargano right now, but we know the history of these two. Champa enters the ring. The bell rings. We get a little ding, ding, ding. Silver runs for the clothesline. Champa ducks. Silver turns around only to be met with a huge chop to the chest. Silver backs himself up into the corner. Champa continues his onslaught with another chop to the chest. A second chop, a third chop, a fourth chop. You can start to see the welts just forming on Silver's chest. He is not doing too hot here. The ref comes up, breaks up the onslaught, counts to five, warns Champa of the DQ that he might be facing if he keeps going at it the way he is. Just then, Vance 10 hops on the ring apron only to be met with a in-between ropes DDT by Champa. Champa turns around and delivers a running knee strike to the jaw of Johnny Silver. He looks like he is just absolutely out here, folks. So Champa grabs Silver, hits the fairy tale ending, but then rolls the fairy tale ending up into a Gargano escape. Silver has absolutely no choice but to tap out here as Champa is using Johnny Gargano's submission finisher. Champa is on an absolute another level here. The psycho killer is here to stay. We cut into sec five. Cameron pans back to the locker room. You only use five minutes. Perfect. Oh, I'm only going to be like 15. All I do is half the time again. God, this just further proves how much of a psycho you are. You're going to laugh when you find out what I just named my final pay-per-view, but keep going. Jesus. All right, we go to seg five. Cameron pants back to the locker room area as we see Johnny Gargano preparing for his fatal four-way next on an adrenaline. Our backstage reporter, Will K. Draper, catches up with Gargano. <laughs> Shout out. Willow looks at Johnny, and she says, Johnny, you have a major fatal four-way coming up tonight. With Champa doing whatever he is doing, how are you focusing? 
Johnny responds with saying, if anyone knows Tommaso Ciampa, it's definitely me. He goes on to say his mind games are something I'm not focused on. He's just an absolute psycho. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Johnny goes on to continue to say that as far as for the Fatal 4-Way, that he is Johnny freaking wrestling, and he will go on to become the first ever PCW world champion, and that begins tonight. Commercial break. Seg 6. We begin with our very first Fatal 4-Way of the tournament to crown the first ever PCW world champion. We already have Cesaro and Roman Rings in the ring awaiting for the next two opponents to come out as Kenny Omega's music hits Battle Cry. Kenny Omega makes his way to the ring, and as we recall from last week, Omega shocked the PCW world by aligning himself with the FTR to apparently form a Kenny Omega Bullet Club. We are unsure of the actual angle Omega is trying to have here, but we definitely know it has caused a stir in the back locker room area. Silence falls over the crowd. They know who's about to come out next. Rebel Heart starts playing. The crowd gives an absolute pop for Johnny. It's the loudest pop of the night so far. You get to hear the crowd chanting Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Wrestling. They know who is about to make this match what it is. We start with the match. Roman Reign is just absolutely dominating right off the bat. He's the powerhouse of PCW. Roman hits a big boot to Cesaro, damn near knocking his teeth out. Johnny comes up, chops Roman, goes for an Irish whip, only to be stopped as the power and the weight of Roman is just too much. He looks at Johnny, shakes his head back and forth, waves his finger. Roman counters it. Irish rips Johnny into the top ropes. Johnny goes over the top rope, catches himself, is on the side of the ring apron. Roman Charges Adam only to be hit with an insiguri to the side of the head of Roman. It absolutely stuns him. Just then, Johnny hits the over-the-top rope DDT. The Roman plants him to the mat, goes for the cover, and it is broken up by Kenny Omega at a near-fall two-count. Omega grabs Gargano, hits the Dragon Rush suplex into a moonsault off the second rope. Omega stands up, grabbing his midsection only to be hit by a running corkscrew uppercut by Cesaro. Omega is absolutely laid out. Cesaro grabs both of Omega's legs. And what do we have here? He begins the Cesaro dong swings. Oh, God. I can't wait for Scott to hear that. (laughs) The crowd starts counting. One, two, three, four. Four, Cesaro hits 15 dong swings. He throws Omega only to be met by a Superman punch. Roman for the cover. One, two, another near fall as Gargano breaks up the count this time and rolls Roman into the Gargano escape. Roman looks like he's about to tap. The crowd is chanting tap, tap, tap. When out of nowhere, Omega hits a running knee to the back of the head of Gargano. He picks up Johnny, one-winged angel. Omega hits the three count and moves on after an absolutely amazing fatal four-way. It was hot. Don't act like it wasn't. He, I just, they've never once called it the Cesaro dong swing. So I wonder if that's going to get over. I hope it does. I hope it doesn't. (laughs) I'm going to make a t-shirt of that now. All right. You have 10 minutes left. Uh, Not 10 minutes left. You use 10 minutes. Oh, I got three more segs and then I'm all done, homie. Best case. All right. We go to seg seven. Seg seven. We get a camera to the back in Shane O'Mac's office. As FTR are in Shane's office, they are clearly annoying Shane. As you can see, his eyes are rolling around in his head as FTR is stating their case as to why it's just absolutely pointless to have a tag tournament in the first place for the titles when the best tag team in the division is standing right in front of him. Shane looks at Dax and Cash and says, you guys have to be fair and partial. I was hired to do my job, and that's what I'm going to do. I was hired by the Raven to make PCW have the best professional wrestling in the industry. If you guys don't like it, I can kick you out of the tournament. Boo. <laughs> FTR immediately backtracks what they were just saying and say they'll face anyone. They're not afraid to throw fists with the best of the best. Shane goes, oh, really? Not even these guys? 
It's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. It's Red Dragon. They're here on PCW. Dax looks at Red Dragon, looks back at Shane. Yeah, we're definitely not afraid of these tykes, he says. Shane says, great. Your guys' match is up next. Commercial break. You're oh, at, you have 18 minutes and 20 seconds left. Okay, we go to seg eight. We come back with FTR already in the ring as Red Dragon's music hits. As soon as O'Reilly and Fish hit the stage, FTR begins sprinting towards be towards sprinting towards Red Dragon. This turns into an this turns into an all-out brawl between the two teams. The ref comes out and is yelling at the teams to get into the ring, but neither of these four men are having it. All four men are exchanging back and forth blows. Neither team really gets the advantage. The ref is signaling for more help from the back as PCW officials come out to break up the brawl. This match never even had a chance to get underway as the ref calls off the match. This rivalry is surely just beginning to heat up between the two best tag teams, arguably in all of PCW. Going into SAG 9. It's the main event of the evening. We're ending the night with our second fatal four-way to determine who will be in the triple threat match for the PCW World Title. We have Christopher Daniels, a fallen angel, facing off against Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins and versus the Bastard Pac. Immediately, Seth Rollins goes right after Pac as he runs off through the crowd. This becomes mostly a one-on-one match for the first half. What an interesting matchup we have here between a very savvy veteran, the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, and the king of strong style Shinsuke Nakamura. Daniels is in the corner of the ring as Nakamura is hitting him with various hand strikes to the face, kicks to the midsection, unloading a fury of an offense on him. The other side of the ring attempts a running knee strike to only miss as Daniels moves out of the way. Daniels climbs to the top rope, hits a moonsault off the top rope onto Shinsuke Nakamura with the cover, but gets a near fall. Daniels puts the thumb across his throat to signal he's about to hit Angel's wings. Daniels locks in the double underhook hold as Pac comes out of nowhere and hits a springboard missile dropkick. Daniels rolls out of the ring. Pac stands up as soon as Nakamura goes for the Kinshasa. But Pac telegraphs it. He ducks. It's a miss. Pac hits the schoolboy roll-up with uh, Nakamura with the tights. Pac is grabbing the tights. The ref doesn't see it. Pac gets the three count and moves on. We see Phoenix and Penta come out to celebrate with their fellow Death Triangle member. But we've got to ask, where is Seth Rollins? Camera pants to the backstage area, and we see Rollins laid out in the parking lot. Rollins has been put through the roof of a car as the windshield is shattered. PCW officials are rushing to stabilize Rollins as he is not moving. Can we say that Death Triangle is responsible for this? What kind of chaotic ending to another episode of Adrenaline? And we're done. Episode two. Very good. You had 15 minutes left. Like I said. Um, You know... You don't have to cut everything out. Like, if you just miss said a word, you don't have to cut it out. It's oh, funny no, if you don't. That. I'm talking the uh, the fun ramblings that we had and ima- imagining what Kelsey's face looked like as she was staring at me the entire time. Oh, you wait until I have to record in front of my girlfriend. I And, and I'll be laughing the whole time. I have to see that. <laughs> what? So, um... <laughs> We did this last time, so um, so far for your pay-per-view, um, do you have any matches that are official or anything that you would like to announce for your card? As of right now, the only things I have set in stone is the there's two mem- two participants and the women's triple threat already decided. That's Bianca Belair and Asuka. And then for the triple threat match for the men's world title, the two solidified spots are Kenny Omega from week one. And then the bastard Pac just in that main event. Nice. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And then week three will kind of detail a little bit more on what the angle I'm going for. And then week four kind of solidifies the rest of my uh, card for Too Hot to Handle. Dope. Um, 
Mine is so far we have the fatal four way for the women's match. Um, that's Britt Baker, Sasha Banks, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tony Storm. Uh, we have the triple threat la- uh, tag team ladder match between the Young Bucks, the Good Brothers, and the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, assuming they accept the challenge, we have Edge and Christian going against the Hurt Business, which is Bobby Lashley and his secret associates. Um, we may or may not find out who that is next week. We're going to see. Um, and then we also have a uh, we have that tournament still going on. We are in round two of that tournament on the left side of the bracket. Because, um, you know, there's only a few matches left here. Um, we do have a triple threat next week for uh, Adam Cole versus uh, Orange Cassidy versus Damian Priest. We will have a few more um, matches come to light as well next week for that tournament. Uh, and don't forget that we still have a fourth championship that is going to uh, come to fruition at the pay-per-view. Uh, what is that championship? When will it be announced? Uh, we're going to find that out. Um, so I'm excited for the pay-per-view. I'm excited for Gino to eventually uh, come on to this program. But I blame Canada. Oh, uh, yeah. Canadian Millions, whatever it's called. I blame Trudeau. Alright. Uh I am assuming that this is it for today. Oh, I'm good. Cool. Um, we probably won't do one tomorrow or Saturday. Maybe Sunday, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, probably sometime in the middle of the week. Right, cool. Dope. So that was week two. We will see you guys in week three whenever we decide to do that. Hopefully Gino's with us. If not, his next two episodes will be the next two episodes. We will title them accordingly. Um, and then if we are all separate or we have to separate for any reason, um, guaranteed we will all be together for the, if it may be the first time, we will all for sure be together for the first pay-per-views. But until then, see you later. Deuces.